This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. That's the number to join us on this Wednesday edition of ESPN New York Tonight. Along with uh, Brian the Brain and Jake the Snake returns. Also, Gordon Damer and I will take your comments via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7FM. We'll do it until midnight. That's when Freddie and Fitz continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, what's going on? So, Gordon, I'm watching the Nick game tonight, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, is it is it going to be the first quarter slow and the third quarter slow? Is it going to be the first quarter slow and maybe half the second quarter slow? Is it going to be the first and third quarter slow and then just a blowout in the fourth quarter? Because that's how this team plays. You know that one of the quarters is going to be a quarter that you're going to shake your head at and say, they'll pick it up. But why do they insist on putting themselves in such a tough position? Tonight, down 19. I mean, Gordon, this is a, this is a Grizzlies team. That's really good, okay? They're 36 and 18 now, and now 17 and 9. So they won 16 games away from Memphis. So you had to know, hey, guess what? With John Morant coming in, we have to put forth a great, def- a great effort. And Gordon, John Morant didn't even play, did, was okay. He wasn't even he, great. He was okay. He was okay. Yeah. He, he, didn't, he wasn't lights out tonight. He didn't, like, take over the game or anything like that. But Memphis is a very deep team. And they're a far better team than the Knicks. And for the oh. Knicks tonight, I mean, one of the big themes to me was if they had, if they didn't have bad luck, they'd have no luck at all. I exactly. mean, how many different loose balls would find their way to a three? I mean, it was ridiculous. It was like a joke the amount of time. And it would always seem to come at a time where it seemed like the Knicks were getting close, maybe making a run, putting themselves within striking distance. But again, you know, you fall behind by, what was it, 10, 11 in the first quarter, and you're fighting your way uphill the rest of the night. So uh, it's a very frustrating performance. Another one for the Knicks tonight. It is a frustrating performance, and it's frustrating because, Gordon, let's face it, it it's that question of, and I'm not saying they don't play hard all the time, but they don't play smart. That's a phrase that Walt Clyde Frazier uses all the time. They don't play smart. And Part of that, you know, the turnovers, different things of that nature, not being in the right position. That's why the ball. That's why the ball <laughs> kept eluding them because they weren't in, they weren't in the right position. Memphis got all the 50-50 balls. We hear fifty fifty, right? When it we talk 50-50 about fifty fifty tonight, yeah, we talk about football, right? We always hear the fifty fifty plays. You got to do the fifty fifty plays. Well, the Knicks did not get the fifty fifty plays tonight at all. None. No, uh, and and. Th- some of those were, were critical. They were they were daggers at the time when they came in the game. And they came repeatedly in the second half. But the Knicks put themselves in the position that they're in. And at this point, i got to ask you the question, like, what are we doing? What, mm. what are we doing? Like, I'm watching the game tonight, and it's clear they got, what, 30 games left now. Mm-hmm. They've lost seven of nine. They're four games under 500. they They're under 500 at home. It's clear that the starting lineup is not good enough to compete against other teams' starting lineups. No. And, and yet they're, they're, they continue to trot out the same starting lineup every single night. There's no tweaks. There's no changes. You know, there might be a little fluctuation in terms of minutes from game to game, but not mm-hmm. a lot. And yet they're not really – they're not filtering in the kids. They're not starting to, to move in that direction. And you just kind of have to ask yourself, you're not good enough to compete – but yet you're still not ready to turn it over and see what you got. 
And it's like you're in this middle ground. Like this is the this is the the ceiling of this group, and the ceiling's not very high. Everybody's crouching down to get in the in the room because the ceiling's so low. And here's to add to your point: How many times do we have to see during the Nick game how great McBride does in Westchester? <laughs> oh, McBride had forty. Oh, McBride had thirty-eight. Oh, McBride is averaging 29. Can you play him here? Listen, I'm happy that the people in Westchester are getting a nice show when they come to the game. I got it. That's great. Can you put him in the garden so we can see what he can do? Because supposedly this is a guy that, that Thibodeau likes. He likes the way he plays defense. He likes to – clearly he's got offense, Gordon. He's lighting up the G League. How come everybody else can bring their G League players up and get opportunities but the Knicks can't? Yeah, if only we knew a team that could use some of that. Um, <laughs> it's very frustrating, and it's frustrating even for the guys that are there. Now, Grimes played a little bit tonight. I guess he played mm-hmm. 15 minutes, but that's not that's not overwhelming. Toppin was back down to 11 minutes. I mean, like, again, what are we doing? What, yeah. what are we doing? Where are we going? At some point, you got to make some sort of change, and it has to come to that starting lineup because the starting lineup just simply is not good enough. And I have to see Julius Randle getting kicked out of the game at the end of the game. <laughs> it was almost like he did that so he could get a, a beat on the traffic or something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And once again, on a night when Evan Fournier didn't play bad. No, he played very well. Hit some shots. R.J. Barrett, I thought, was pretty good tonight. Um, yeah. And Randle, I, I don't want to hammer Randle. I thought Randle, he didn't shoot the three well. But overall, he, he played with the kind of intensity that that's what you need from him. It would be nice if they could do that all the time. It would be nice if he could do that all the time. But that has not been the case. It really hasn't. It so really we got, hasn't. what is it, eight days, seven days till the trade deadline? And yeah. I, I, I'm simply asking, what, what are we doing? Like, where are we going? Because if there's not a deal to be made, and, and I don't know that there is because they already made a deal and we still can't see Cam Reddish. I know. We can't get him off the bench either. It's amazing. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Just to repeat, because Gordon, we had uh, what the case show calls a soft open. Yes. So we'll just continue to roll on with it. And uh, we've got some interesting audio coming in uh, from Desmond Bain uh, from Memphis, who, uh, what we understand, had some interesting comments about uh, Julius Randle. So oh, we'll that interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, come on. We're... <laughs> Give We're me something. Yeah, I could oh, use a little something. Tonight. Oh, come on. That's what we do. So we'll, we'll have that for you. But um, as we mentioned earlier, Gordon, this, this is the, the funny thing because Kimba Walker, it's time, I hate to say this, it's time to pull him out of the starting rotation again. <sighs> yeah. He's got to, he's got to, he's giving you nothing. He's shooting, Gordon, his knee is so bad, he's shooting air balls now. You got to pull him. You got to pull him. You got to save him. If from he's himself. not scoring, what is he doing for you? you could, I mean, because, I, I talk about just taking up space. Because now you can't even trade him. No. I mean, if, because the way he's looking now, to say, well, we're showcasing him. No, don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Listen, you got better chance trading Fournier right now. The way he's played over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> well, if, 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 can we get out the number? <laughs> can we give out the Knicks number? <laughs> Believe me, the, the Knicks telephone? are making calls. I'm yeah, sure the I'm Knicks sure are calling are. around. I'm, I'm sure, sure they are. are. They know they have to. They know they have to rectify what's going on here because they're not going to make it. No, and it just—you know what it really feels like? It feels so desperate that it doesn't really feel like there's any peace in place. Like I like R.J. Barrett, and I like mm-hmm. some of the pieces on the Knicks team, but. Mm-hmm. 
after last year, and I'm not talking about the four seed. I'm just talking about playing an exciting level of basketball, bringing energy every single night. It felt like maybe you were moving in the right direction. Now it kind of feels like they're still kind of at ground zero. Is is Mm -hmm. Julius Randle the piece that they're going to move forward with? If he is, who's the piece that you're getting that's better than him? Because it's clear that he can't carry a team to the next level of if they even make the playoffs, which I don't think that they're going to. But let's say they mm-hmm. get in. You know, the next level is to now be a real contender to win a playoff series. I don't think you can do that with Julius Randle being the best player. So where are they at? What Where are they going? It just kind of feels like they're on this treadmill, and there's not a lot to, to build around. And his body language is awful right oh, now. It, it, it's awful. It, it's almost like he doesn't want to be here. And I don't want to put that that on him. I don't want to put – because I don't know him. I haven't spoken with him. It's unfair to say. But just as I'm sitting watching him, he just – everything is a lackadaisical thing. I mean, he – Gordon, there was about maybe four – there was a four-minute stretch in the second quarter, near the end of the second quarter, where you kind of saw a little bit of the Julius Randle you saw last year. Mm -hmm. Drove to the basket, made a great pass out to R.J. Barrett, uh, battled on the boards. He he plays like that in stretches, but he doesn't play like that consistently. And, you know, you you can't rest on what you did last year. Last year was last year. But, you know, maybe we're we're almost – now, the energy part of it, that's not unfair to ask. You should be he with what he who he is and and his talent. He should be able to give the energy every single night. But maybe expecting the production of last year, maybe that's on us because last year was clearly the outlier. Mm-hmm. Last year was a career year for him, and and we've seen other guys have career years and then they kind of go back to to who they are. And that's that's kind of what he's done this year. He's kind of gone back to who he was before last year. So. I just don't know what the direction of the team is because Leon Rose has been here for a little while, uh, and it's not, I, I have to say, it's not as embarrassing as it was before he got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about what the record was last year. Go back and look what the record was two years ago. Oh, it, was, it was way worse than it is right now. So I'm not saying that there's been no improvement, but it doesn't really feel like any of the pieces are in place. There's been no improvement over last year. That's what you're saying, no, and that's sure. true. It's, if anything, they've they've taken multiple steps back, and yeah, I agree with you. Maybe so that we're expecting too much of the production, but then you make the adjustment to your game. If you're not hitting the three, stop putting them up. Yeah. Why can't he go near the paint, Gordon, and and move, and get some shots in the lane? I mean, that's where he was doing damage tonight. Yeah, when he commands the double team, you pass it out. And you can pass it back in and make a quick move. If he would stop dribbling so much, I keep I'm saying this over and over. And over I know, again. but if he would still, stop, dribbling, it's still the case. It, it's not. Would, it hasn't stopped being true. No, it just it drives me nuts. If he would stop dribbling so much in the paint, do what you're supposed. Don't you know what you're going to do with the move? Why are you dribbling, waiting for the double team? Can you move quicker before the double team gets there? That's okay too. <laughs> it is. It's okay. You don't have to wait for the double team all the time. Because when they double you, sometimes you throw it away. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating because you, you can kind of see the direction the season is going. Yeah, And, and I get it. Uh, I think uh, that, that Breen was bringing up the, the last year when they played the Grizzlies, they got a big win, and that was mm-hmm. the start of the nine-game winning streak. Man, that feels like it was forever ago. Yeah. 
That feels yeah. like a long time ago, and it just kind of feels like you know. And again, they ha- I think they have some pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that they're 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 barren of talent. I like I like R.J. Barrett. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think Julius Randle can be a a decent player on on a good team. Uh, Fournier has his nights. I like Toppin. Mm-hmm. I like Grimes. Robinson's played pretty good. Robinson's played fine. Although if mm-hmm. I could move him in a deal, I certainly would. Of course would. you would. Uh, <laughs> but it, you know, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel, you know, like even when you're on a bad, even when you root for a bad team sometimes, at least you can have that one guy, mm-hmm. right? You can have that one guy. You know what? We're not going to be very good, but we got this one piece. At least give us the one piece. It doesn't really feel like the Knicks have that piece. Is it me, Gordon, or has Emmanuel quickly kind of become a little undisciplined? Oh, absolutely. Like he he was so much more under he was so mature last year and I don't know if it's okay I'm in I got to make sure we get the offense going I I don't know what's going through his mind I don't know what he's been told to do I don't know what's going on with you know how he's been coached or whatnot what he's seeing on the floor but it just seems like his shot selection this year is much worse than it was last year as a rookie I don't even think that I don't think anybody could even argue that with you could they I mean. I mean, these, there's been a lot of these nights where he shoots three of 11. Yes. There's been a like lot tonight. of those kind of nights. Like tonight. Yep. <laughs> so Tom Thibodeau spoke to the media afterwards. I'm sure everybody spoke to the media except Julius Randle since he left early. He's, he probably showers at home now uh, to make sure he doesn't have to speak to the media. And then, of course, now you don't go into the locker room anyway. You know, you want to come out tonight? No. Okay, thanks. <laughs> But here's what Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau was asked about uh, the foul calls. Oh, he really needs to be quiet on some of these foul calls. But here's what he had to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, it, it was a physical game. So, it was, you know, it's, I didn't think the officiating was a problem, to be honest. You know, like, I don't really care whether they call it tight or they call it loose. You know, like, I think... As long as it's consistent, which I thought they were, so I, I would have a problem with the officiating. Like we can't look to the officials to bail us out. If it, if there's a physicality to the game, then great. You know, adjust to that. If they're calling it tight, then adjust to that. But would just be as long as they're consistent. You know, I thought they did a good job. By the way, Knicks missed six free throws again tonight, Gordon, which is another thing that has just bedeviled this team and has caused them even more problems. But uh, listen. They they just got to hit their free throws. And I know we jump on the players about arguing and talking to the referees, and they do it over and over and over again. Let's be fair, Gordon. It starts with the coach. Thibodeau's got to relax. He's got to relax. Yeah, it feels kind of desperate, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the type of thing, like, if you're yelling at your kids all the time, they kind of tune you out. I think that they've mm-hmm. kind of tuned them out. Uh, now, yeah. that's not to say they won't tune them out every single game. Maybe sometimes it will uh, pay a uh, – uh, benefit, but if you if you say that uh, a team takes on the personality of the coach, that's not one of the personality traits you want, and <laughs> and that's one that the Knicks do have. They complain a lot uh, to the officials, and, and Julius Randle, if you're a guy on the team and you see the star of the team doing it all the time, you'd probably be more likely to do it yourself. No question about it. One of the bright spots tonight, as we mentioned, Mitchell Robinson in 30 minutes, 14 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 Block shots. Tibbs on his center's performance. Yeah, the, the good activity, you know, the uh, the rim protection, obviously vital. Uh, but when he goes to block, we got to make sure we're we're still getting back to bodies. So, in defensive transition, you you got to sprint back. You got to find a man. Ball gets shot. You got to find a body. So, 
you know, Mitch did some good things, but you know, we got to finish our defense better. Yeah, you do because when he goes to block, his man is usually open, Gordon. And and uh, you know, tonight, <laughs> here's what I'll tell you: Adams is one of the tree trunks of the National Basketball Association. He doesn't move. Stephen Adams is right there, Gordon. He just, he just, you can't move him. You can't move him. No. Thirteen rebounds, two points, but thirteen rebounds. And eight off the offensive boards. He just tips the ball. He tips the ball all over the place. He tips it on the break. He doesn't jump and grab it. He just tips it. He He's just a tips mountain it. of a man. He is. He is. He is. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I just did some quick math, Larry. In uh-huh. uh, Emmanuel Quickly's last seven games, he's shooting 29%. I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, it seems high, right? Yeah. yeah, it does. It seems high. It really does. Uh, you just take a look at his game log. There's lots of one for fives, uh, one for six, one for seven. Oh. It's been it's been a long time since he. It's been almost a month since he's had some some decent games in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach, how would you evaluate this loss? Well, the thing that was costly was the start of the game, falling behind, our defensive transition. Then we. Did, got that squared away, and then played well. And then uh, you know Morant puts a lot of pressure on you. And then the uh, offensive rebounding cost us in the fourth quarter. So, and that's the challenge. You, you have to commit to uh, Morant, and then you got to get find bodies and, uh, and and finish your defense. And we it, we didn't do that. So, we give them 25 second chance points. It's, it's hard to win like that. Oh, you're absolutely right, especially a team that doesn't that plays as inconsistently as your team does. You can't afford to give anything away. Nothing. Nothing. But they did tonight, and that's why they lost. So, Gordon, there was a part of the Nick game, and it took place maybe the fourth quarter, third quarter, somewhere around there, where Julius Randle was in the <laughs> was in the Memphis Grizzly huddle. What is he was doing? And uh, he and Desmond Bain had a little chit-chat, you know, a little disagreement about what's the best Italian restaurant in uh, New York City. And so on our our guys, Freddie and Fitz, Desmond Bain spoke about the dust-up between he and Julius Randle. I mean, you know, we're, we're in a huddle. It's late game, you know, and he just walks right into our huddle. Um, you know, I... I don't like that. Um, you know, it's just a part of professionalism and some things that, you know, you don't do. You know, I used to do that stuff when I was in middle school and high school, but, um, you know, we've we grown, we grown now. So, I mean, I, I had to get them up out of there, you know, regardless, pick me up, whatever. But, I mean, now ain't nobody walking in our huddle like that. And both players ended up with text, so that's why when he got the second tech, Gordon, uh, Julius Randle mean, meaning, when he got the second tech, uh, that's why he was able to walk off the court and, and go home. But the interesting thing was, which is good, and, and this is a, a side part of it, he bumped Bain going to a couple of plays later. Yes. He bumped Bain going. And they were going to call that to see if it was a, a, a not a, fra- a flagrant foul, but an unsportsmanlike foul. I'm like, look. That's they remember the much. 90s Knicks? I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, that's a bit much. I mean, really. What, what do you, why, are we, why are we wasting time? What, why are we wasting time looking at that play? I will agree. That was not anything. It shouldn't have been called anything. But on the other side of it, like, what's Randall doing? Like, don't, don't even put yourself in that position. I don't get it. I don't get it. 
I don't understand. I can't answer that, Gordon. I can't answer. He is. It's been that year for him. You know what I'm saying? It's really been that year that you just wonder, like, what the heck is going on? What the heck is going on? Why? New York, we here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we here. We're here, all right. We're here struggling. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here doing. We're here struggling. And, and I, I, Larry, I'll just say this because you know sometimes we have a we have the ability on this show for whatever reason to see the future, and, and hopefully this does not come to pass. Mm-hmm. But there's been some scuttlebutt because of the trade deadline. What are the Knicks going to do? Yep. If the Knicks end up trading, and I don't think this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But if the Knicks end up trading for Russell Westbrook, I'm done. <laughs> uh, Larry, I'm done. I am wait done. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Even, even if you're able to get rid of Randall? Well, the, the deal that I saw was essentially that they would trade basically just the salaries to get out from under Kemba and Fournier and Alec Burks. Okay. Yeah, I saw but, that trade too. But, like, what do we do? I mean, you can't come up with anything better than this. It's it's such an indictment of what you did last offseason that now mm-hmm. you're trading for Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and you're getting rid of the two big pieces that you signed in the offseason. Yeah. For a guy who shoots the oh, three my. probably worse than both of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine those nights? And I get it. He he has some, some flash in his game still. He's mm-hmm. still he, he would be interesting to watch at times. Yeah. But I thought it was supposed to be about building something. Gordon, you don't have to worry about that. You know that I, trade's not happening. Larry. Gordon. I, I, if, I, I hope it, from your lips you to this. God's ear, never put it past anyone in this town to do something. Okay. I, I just can't trust it. Let me give you let me give you some peace of mind. Okay. Okay. LeBron does not want Alec Burks, Evan Fournier. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would agree with that, but is there a point where he would say, you know what? I, don't want, I Russell want Russell Westbrook even, Westbrook even less. Because <laughs> <laughs> looking at him at, during games, it certainly seems like at times he wants Russell Westbrook even even. I think he would rather have Russell Brand out on the court than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know what he would say? Now, but you know what? I'll say this: Evan Fournier would look like a different player. Oh, absolutely. He'd look like a different player because. All his threes, he would just be a catch-and-shoot guy. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have to put the ball on the floor to do anything. Go to your spot and shoot. That's all he'd have to do. That's all he'd have to do. His, he would be involved in games. His shooting percentage would be like you would wonder who he was. He couldn't have been the same. It's not the same as before the Knicks had because they don't have a consistent dribble penetration guy. And we're just kind of talking in the break, and uh, this point's been brought up before. If the Knicks had simply drafted Tyrese Halliburton instead mm-hmm. of Obi, because they're not playing Obi anyway. Right. And I like Obi, but if mm-hmm. you're not going to play him, there's not really much you can do sitting on the bench and, and playing 11 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. If they would have drafted Halliburton, they would have been in so much of a better spot. They'd have their young point guard. They wouldn't have to trade for one. You'd still have, you'd still have R.J. Barrett. And then if you needed to move Randall for something, okay, you move him for another piece that maybe a couple of pieces, maybe you're, you're trading, you're selling low. But at this point, now it's if you trade Randall, it's almost at best going to be a lateral move. You're probably yeah. going to be taking back some other problem to do so. Mm-hmm. It just feels like they're spinning the wheels. I would agree with you, and it's so funny. I had this conversation with Alan Hahn. 
And Alan said, <laughs> Alan said, then you, talking about me, would be on the air complaining about how Halliburton doesn't play D, and I'm watching somebody go right by him right now in the next game. <laughs> And and his and his and his awful looking shot. He said, "You're you're a Nick fan. That you're all. There's all. There's never going to be the perfect person." And I understand what he's saying, uh, but you know, I had that same thought after I saw him and seen what he's been able to do to the point that they're ready to move on from uh, De'Aaron Fox. That right. that's that's how that's how much he's improved their offense. And, and that's the that's the kind of deal that I'm talking about. Let's say you can com- come up with some sort of scenario where they can get De'Aaron Fox for some deal involving Julius Randle. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Then you got your young point guard, but then you still only have the the two big pieces. Right. The the problem when we talk about R.J. Barrett and they, they, that was the year they got the third pick, and if they could have gotten the second pick in Morant, or obviously the first pick with Zion back then, not now, mm-hmm. that you would have felt so much better. The problem is not that the R.J. Barrett. They need more R.J. Barrett. They need more right. players. They need more top three picks to kind of yeah. get this turned around. They need more talent. And they've done a good job overall mm-hmm. with the late draft picks. But at this point, it does feel like they'd be so much better served. And, and it's not their mentality. I get it. They yeah. would be so much better served by taking a step back, being sellers at the trade deadline, getting into the lottery, and hoping that one of these times the, the ping pong balls go their way. Oh, you're not talking about tanking, are you? No, I'm not talking about okay. tank. God forbid. I'm not offering anybody anything. <laughs> Trust me, Larry. I got nothing to offer. You're not, you're not paying anybody. I hope. No, but that, I mean, again, this would not be this would not be tanking. This would not be intentional. This would just be them going. I mean, they've lost seven of nine, and the schedule is going to get a whole lot tougher. It is, because they get to go to the West Coast twice. <laughs> now they're going next they might, week. They might feel like staying out there after the first one. They're going next week, and then they, they take another trip out kind of out west in, in another month or so. So, you know, look at it this way. By the time they come back from the West Coast, Gordon, uh, baseball will have had maybe their third or fourth meeting. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But Especially again, after the way it's not the last like they, one went. It's not like they have to do a whole lot. No. To be ta- I mean, now they're behind even the Wizards. Yeah. Didn't they disappear off the face of the earth? Yeah, they they disappeared very fast. They disappeared very fast. Right now, we're talking to Spike and St. Pete. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Spike? Good uh, good evening, my friends. You know, a couple of things, I think, with Julius Randle. I want to fill in the blanks, Larry. You seem to be searching for what he was doing. Am I correct? Uh, Yeah, I kind of know, but I'm, I'm, you know, go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I know, too, because in, I don't know what time it's at, 1130-something. Now, he's got 27 minutes, and they can move him. Um, he, he, the third to the tenth, he's eligible to be moved on the third based upon the, getting the signed contract. I believe mm-hmm. that's what I read. I, I'm, yep. pretty, I'm pretty sure. He, he looks like he's gone, and he's saying goodbye to people. Why he's wandering into the huddle. There was a period he played good for three or four minutes. I watched it carefully. I was uh, on the phone with my people buddy, CCMY guy. He mm-hmm. says, he's gone. He's saying goodbye. He's disinterested in playing. His shoulders, you couldn't even fit him for a jumpsuit. He's, he just doesn't care, and it's, it's so evident. But you asked the question, Gordon, and I heard it in your voice, too. You know, we looked forward. We thought this was a good bunch, and there's a couple of good people there. Not their character, but this guy's checked out. I have never seen a player 
spin on his axis one, from one year to the next. So we know last year was a fluke, and they paid him, and he get burned sometimes if he judged too quickly. But he earned the money because he played great last year. He but he's checked out. He's just probably saying goodbye to, to guys, you know, security and stuff. I don't know what he's doing, but he was not interested in playing tonight. And Morant, you know, he's got great moves. He didn't have his A game, but he didn't need it. And no. the kid that they turned down twice, what's his name, Bain? Something like that? Yeah, Desmond Bain. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, did you hear the statements he made? I don't, I don't think he played them yet, but he made a couple of remarks about the Knicks and trying to he's trying to get back to everyone that uh, passed on him. You know, there's a lot of guys that can do that, get out in Utah, you know. But, look, I, I feel like you do, Gordon, and, and like you sound, Larry, I really feel like you guys. It used to be fun to look in and watch these teams. What are they doing? Yeah, I, I think you said it three or four times, Gordon. What the I, hell are they doing here? I don't know. I don't know what the what's the plan. What's the plan moving forward? Because unless something falls in your lap, it doesn't really feel like they're ready to strike on something, does it? No. Yeah, and and I'm trying to see him McBride. You made the remark, Larry, too. It's nice for the folks up in Westchester to pay five bucks to watch again, but but. This kid, I said he could be, look, Trey Burke wasn't a great player, but when they had him at the time, he was the only one that could create his own shot. He was diminutive. Uh, he got beat on the uh, defense, but the canvas washed up. I mean, for God's yeah, sake, would you spare the guy? He's done. It's it's so sad to me. It really is. Uh, I really don't know what to say. Barrett's playing okay. He tried to guard Morant. He's slowing down a little bit, but... I'll let you guys finish up. Just wanted to share the frustration with you. Boy, it sunk quickly this year. They really did, Spike. They really did, and and it's and to borrow a phrase from Michael Ray Richardson, he's still sinking. It's <laughs> still sinking. How Gordon. far can it go? The sky's the limit, Larry. The right? Sky, yeah, that's right. Gosh, that's bad. Richardson Harlem. Hey, Richard. How you doing, Larry and Gordon? Um, God, this. Um, I heard a little bit of the talent of what you were saying, and that's going to be sort of like the the short theme of a three-hour thing I could go on about this team. Um, um, uh, but you guys have to uh, – I'm going to think back. When is the last time that this team has had a guy in the front office that actually knows what they're doing? Okay, where is our um, – on the Jerry West. Where is our, um, you know, um, uh, the guy who's the GM in Toronto, um, uh, um, um, uh, Ujiri? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Somebody who could have seen, like I saw last year, okay, that Julius Randle was not a player for New York. So why am I going to give him a four-year extension? Just just give him the option, and then if he plays like he's playing now, you have so much more flexibility with an expiring contract. You're right, Richard. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. In hindsight, it's, it's perfect. And But you, we thought that he was going to be a guy that, you know what, we can just add to him. We've got a foundational piece here from mm -hmm. how he played, his hard work. You know what I'm saying, Gordon? The hard work yeah. that he put in, what he did, the leadership he had on this team. I mean, he was the guy. He was he was the only scorer on this team for most of the year until Derrick Rose came around this time last year, right? And and so, 
you know, they felt he was going to be a guy that would continue that way. He looked like he earned it. He deserved it. And this year, he's not played that well. Sometimes it happens like that, and sometimes with other players, it doesn't. It just happened to be it just happened to be that way with him. They were banking on him being a piece, maybe not a found, maybe not a foundational or a franchise piece. Clearly, mm-hmm. I think that was proven in the playoffs last year. He yeah. can't be the number one guy on a real playoff contender. But I don't think that most people thought he was going to regress to this level. No, not this bad. Not this bad. This is like year one. It is. It is. Dylan's in New Brunswick. What's up, Dylan? Dylan? Hi. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, I'm the contest winner. I just want to say thank you, guys. You guys get me through my commute home every night. You guys are great. Thank you, Dylan. Have fun. Yeah, thank you. But um, also, you guys are talking about training for Tyler Halliburton. I'm a Kings fan. I just want to say I know what it's like to draft the wrong guy. We drafted Jimmy Fredette over Clay Thompson. So I know how you guys feel. Yeah. I, got, I got on Canty, on Humpty and Canty years ago, and they told me, would you trade Boogie Cousins for Clay Thompson? And I told them, hell no. I wanted them to draft Clay Thompson instead of Jimmy Fredette. And we got stuck with him. And he's in China right now, I think, still. Shooting the lights so I know out. How you guys I feel. Don't... What's that? Shooting the lights out in China, right? Just, just. Like, yeah. He ain't Starberry. <laughs> I hear you, Dylan. Like, come on, man. Like, bro, I'm a Jaguar fan. I'm a King fan. It's a miserable. Oh, my God. What, what, what was wrong with you when you were picking teams? Jaguars and King? I mean, the, are you a sadist? Oh, I'm, I'm 31 years old. So when the Jaguars became a team, yeah. I was like six years old. I love Jimmy Smith, Brunel, Fred Taylor, you know, Keenan McCardell. Those, those are good teams. And then when I was 10 years old, I loved White Chocolate, C-Web, Pasha Stoyakovich. I, I just made bad decisions as a child. And yes. my team, yeah. What's know? wrong with your parents? Your parents need to step up their game here. This is not, <laughs> no, this is not acceptable. No, my, my father and brother are diehard Dolphin fans. And oh, my God. You were right. you, there was no way you could escape it. You were, you were doomed from birth. <laughs> oh, my doomed. God. You poor, you poor kid. The only, the only saving grace I have in my entire life is I grew up a bulldog, and I'm a Georgia bulldog fan until the day well, I die. Go. And we finally you got, got that's good, and you and you got and you got, and you got some got hardware this year. Finally, man, after yeah. so many times getting right there, and then Bama smacks you. Yeah, I hear you. But well, Dylan, listen, thanks for checking in, my friend, and enjoy the uh, enjoy the chat with uh, Canty, Carlin, and Rosenberg on the 11th. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, kid? We at the top of New York, baby. T O N Y. How y'all doing, man? Huh? <laughs> We're doing great, Buddha. How are you this evening? I'm good, man. I love y'all. You know I love y'all. You know that, right? Y'all uh-huh. know I love y'all, though. Y'all oh, know that? Yeah, we know. <laughs> and we love you, too, Buddha. Yeah, listen. Y'all always make me feel good, man. I'm telling you. Something special here, man. You know, ESPN New York. You need to get Jack together. And make it happen every night. You don't hear no hockey. <laughs> There's nobody in the world who <laughs> hockey on the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to start no trouble. I thought you loved us. I thought that this was yeah, some of the people you love. I'd hate to see the people you don't love. Boy, he's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to make the yeah, show I disappear. Y'all. I love y'all. I don't know if I love the people y'all work for. 
But those are two different things. I don't know if I love the people I work for. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You know, I just think about the Knicks, man. I think you have one point in the Knicks and, and on the, you know, the Brady, Mount Rushmore Hall of Fame. You know, with the Knicks, man, and I don't feel bad. I really do. And, I, and just because I'm a Sixers fan, that doesn't mean I don't want the Knicks to win. You know, unless they play the Sixers, I'm good. But it's just it's really bad, you know. And I, and now at first you blame Tibbs, but then now it goes on the roles of these guys. You know, like you said, what team are they? You know, um, you know, my pops told told to my boy who's in the Clippers ground. It was an old barbershop back in the day. It was sound yeah. And my pops was telling telling my boy, you know, we had just went to to Rose's Dry Goods in Central Street. Got a couple of sheets because I had the beige one. He had the gray, he, he had the he had the derby, he had the mittens, everything, the gazelle gobbles, you know. And my boy was like, listen, I don't think you need to wear that coat, the skin palace on Friday night. Mm-hmm. I, I I listened to my father, obviously. My man lied, he ain't listen. He went over to the skin palace, and, and uh, you know, the stick-up kids came, and he lost his coat, his mittens, his hat, everything. Oh, no. You know, sometimes what you got to do is you got to listen when people tell you something. And, you know, now, Tibbs, like, I'm mad at him, you know, to, you know, not playing these young guys and all like that. But I think he's he was looking like a guy who's stupid. So he's obviously said to them, either we got to do something or we got to change our perspective. And see, they're letting him blow in the wind. Like you said, with those the, the, the free agency signing they had, it didn't work out. They're letting him blow in the wind. And, you know, he's going to be the casualty of this. That's why I spoke to you um, last Saturday, going, I'm like, hey, this who's going to get fired, man. You know, but, you know, real quick, last thing, I, you know, I heard about, you know, I, I respect the Brady, he's great, yada, yada, yada. They had this um, Mount Rushmore of athletes, and they had Brady, I think they had um, Babe Ruth, and um, I, I don't know who else the other person they had, but it, it, they didn't have Muhammad Ali on there, and, you know. That was not offensive just in terms of him as an icon, as a play, uh, who he was, but just as a fighter. You know, if you the best these heavyweights I've seen in my own life, you know, is the pre-banishment, you know, Ali, Cassius Clay, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Second is the Larry Holmes, you know, with the jab and the late round flurries. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, pre-whatever pre, um, happened with him before Razor Ruddock, the pre-Razor Ruddock Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Those are the three best heavyweights I've ever seen in my life. So if all these stands above all those three guys, he's got to be on that Mount Rushmore. It definitely does. I would think so. I would think so. Got to have a little uh, thanks, Buddha. Got to have a little Gretzky up there, Gordon. I would think so. I mean, these. Yeah, are- I don't know. Is it was it just team sports? That's the only way you could leave yeah. Muhammad Ali off of it. Absolutely, absolutely. That that's it. Boy, you know, and just think, we we. If it wasn't for what was going on with Brian Flores, that's what we'd be talking about right now. Where's uh, Tom Brady rank all time and everything? You know, that's what we'd be talking about right now. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, it is crazy. I think it's pretty high. <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't really think it's that debate. I mean, when you've gone to and you've won more Super Bowls than a bunch of Hall of Fame quarterbacks combined. Yeah. And you've gone to, I think, what was the number? 29% of the Super Bowls or something ridiculous. He's gone to, tw- he's gone to 10 Super Bowls. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Gone I remember when Joe Montana eight. went to four, and I was like, oh, my God, he's won four Super Bowls. This guy went to 10. To 10. Look at Jim Kelly. 
Went to four. <laughs> didn't win one. Yeah, didn't win. Didn't get once. You know, it's just amazing. It's amazing. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.